all leads, as we know, are not created equal. So the more you can qualify up front, obviously that's going to help make sure that you're not hurting the customer experience with the people who are actually going to be your customers. So when it feels like it's too much and you can't, you can't juggle it all, that's when you end up really underservicing and that ends up becoming your future word of mouth marketing. So it's not even just that you're underservicing potentially a buyer right now in this moment, it's what they're going to say after the experience of working with you that ends up becoming your legacy for years. So that's why this is so important because that word of mouth marketing, um, you, you it needs to be, it continue to be strong even during the busiest times. Hi, and welcome to Building Perspective with Matt Riley and Molly Elfman. We're here to bring value to you and your team by exploring all things sales and marketing related. All from different perspectives. All right, and welcome to another episode of Building Perspective, the sometimes weekly, sometimes every other weekly podcast uh, brought to you um, now. So we... Welcome back, Molly, by the way. Molly, you've been like on permanent vacation. Oh, stop it. I am literally in a cabin in the woods, and it's um, a perfect reflection of some of the stuff we're going to talk about on today's uh, episode. Absolutely. So, guys, obviously, we are, you know, early on in the COVID pandemic, we were sometimes two or three times a week, right? And because there was a lot of information, we were trying to get it, disseminate that out to everyone. Um, and now every, we're in a different scenario, right? We're in a scenario where most everyone is selling houses like crazy. You know, most everyone has incredibly low inventory. And we want to make sure that when we bring a topic out about, and everybody's super busy, right? So, and, and including us, and we want to make sure that we, come on, especially kind of during these times that we're in, we're bringing relevant messages. So that's one of the reasons why we've actually really spaced out our podcast recordings, because we don't want to just come in here and talk just for the sake of talking, because everyone's time is valuable, especially right now. And so one of the things that uh, is coming up a lot and that we've been addressing over the past few weeks um, is what our, our topic of today is, which is leads, price increases, and delays, and how we can tackle these. And uh, Molly and I are going to kind of run through those three topics and hit, we're really between the three, five main bullet points of how we can tackle each one of these individual, I guess I'd call them problems. Would you call them a problem? I would say challenges and opportunities. For sure. And these are all good problems, challenges, and opportunities. Um, and uh, we want to make sure that we're out in front of it all and tackling it from a best practice. Now, I do want to say up front that there is no, you can't paint every market, every home building company, 
um, every submarket, every subdivision with this broad brush. So if you're listening to this and what you're what you're hearing us say is not exactly what you're seeing on the ground in your neighborhood and your communities. It does not mean everything's broken, right? That doesn't mean it's a failure, right? Because you, it's not a, if you build it, they will come. You still can't go in a crappy area and overcharge um, and still expect people to buy. Or if your product is not right, people still aren't going to buy it even though there is a shortage of, of homes on the market, right? So there's all that stuff that we have to take into consideration. So we're taking, we're tackling this from a kind of a bigger picture perspective of some of the things that we are seeing quite often. Um, but if, again, if it doesn't match your scenario exactly, don't freak out, call us and we'll chat about it. Um, all right. So with that, like big disclaimer, Let's dive into leads, price increases, and delays. Oh my? Is it oh my? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> awesome. Okay. All right. So, all right, Molly. Leads. Um, too many, right? Like that's that's what we're tackling from a leads perspective is if you have too many. And so let's define what Molly, define what is too many leads. Yeah, I think I think what happens like if you feel like you can't manage like it's it's too much and you um, aren't able to respond to everyone or things like that, then too many um, feels like too many. <laughs> it, it, it really does. Like it doesn't feel manageable, then it then that's a problem. And what happens is your buyers can feel that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So too many. Is too many, and yep. that's like defining a word a word with the word. Um, but but really, like you said, it is you know especially ha if you have an OSC and they are just not able to follow up with the lead volume that's coming in. And so there's a couple of things that are at play here, and we'll talk about some ways that we can um, tackle these and maybe help alleviate and become a little bit more efficient. Um, but a couple of the, our two kind of bullets that we're going to dive into here is when we have too many leads, we're a wasting marketing dollars and B we're hurting our customer experience. And anytime we're spending money that is hurting the customer experience is wasting money. So um, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. I was on, I was on a call yesterday and we were going through, like we have a, a builder partner that, you know, their business plan is typically, you know, 250 to 300 homes a year um, in a, in a good size market. That's just what they want to build. Um, they are, as of August the 18th, they were at 55 sales for the month. Um, that's double what they want to sell. Now, A, they're going to shut off some sales. Um, and, and, and B, we had to kind of dive in. They have one full-time OSC. Um, they're going to bring in a part-time person for help. Um, but that's not, that's going to take some time. That's going to take, you know, let's just say 60 days just to get that person even part-time up to speed to where they can talk to buyers. Um, and so how do we make it more efficient and how do we not waste dollars? Um, so I'll, I'll tackle a couple things real quick. Um, and one of the things that I said I thought I would never say was, you know, 
we need to automate some things. Um, since we don't have the ability to have another human being on it yet, we, we, we can automate some things. Um, and then if that is still the case where we're still not able to get through them, then we have to look at dialing back our actual ad spend in places like Google and Facebook. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, that's where we're, that's where we're starting. Um, how do we automate? How do we evaluate what we're going to automate? So first and foremost, we know that our website, if someone converts on our actual website, they are the highest quality from a conversion to appointment lead that we're going to get. Um, then, so we want our attention to be able to handle those lead inquiries specifically. Um, and so then we look at what are some of these secondary lead sources like Zillow, BDX, Realtor.com. Those are just three, right? Um, there are there can be a multitude of other third-party sources. Um, those are the ones that are maybe converting a little lower, and so we have to prioritize those. And inside our CRM, we can automate some of these tasks, some of these follow-up tasks, pulling out some of the things that are only can be done manually, like um, phone calls, for instance, text messages. Um, you, it could be a time where you do insert a bot to do some of this for you from chat and texting platforms. But automation, at least from an email perspective, follow up, and then the OSC gets triggered when uh, or tapped when the buyer responds to one of those automated messages. So that's that's one thing. Um, what are Molly, from your perspective, what are some other ways that we can help alleviate and be more efficient? Yeah, so all leads, as we know, are not created equal. So the more you can qualify up front, obviously, that's going to help make sure that you're not hurting the customer experience with the people who are actually going to be your customers. So when it feels like it's too much and you can't you can't juggle it all, that's when you end up really underservicing and that ends up becoming your future word of mouth marketing. So it's not even just that you're underservicing potentially a buyer right now in this moment, it's what they're going to say after the experience of working with you that ends up becoming your legacy for years. So that's why this is so important because that word of mouth marketing um, you, you, it needs to be, it continue to be strong even during the busiest times. For sure. Um, yes. So another thing, right? So then we were talking about, okay, as we go deeper, you know, is, and this is another thing that I thought I said, I thought I'd never say, we can scale back some of the calls to action on the web, on our website. If that's still, if what we talked about still doesn't get through. So for instance, you could have, you know, normally on the homepage or some like front end pages of the website, you're going to have your float down with your phone number and your contact form and things like that dispersed throughout there. You may look at turning that off on certain outside pages until you get into some of the core pages of like community detail page, floor plan detail page, inventory home detail page, right? So as you're going down the priority list of how to let like lighten the load of leads if these other things aren't working, that is something that you can do. I, again, I, I have a different love that idea. Yeah. What? So another thing that you could do is instead of instead of turning them off on the um, 
you know, the where they're not as deep in the site is maybe add some criteria. So Absolutely. add a couple more questions so that when someone is registering, you're not just getting someone who's putting their name and email. You're really getting yeah. someone who's actually showing real interest and is willing to give you a little more information because those people should be prioritized. Um, Zillow, you know, they said they have been referring to this as the great reshuffling. And what that means is people are looking who aren't necessarily wanting to buy from you, but they are clogging up your system because they are looking and they're registering on different sites. And so how do we make sure that we are getting the quality leads directly to you without taking um, your resources and your time and, and, and your money? Um, yeah. That's the big challenge. And, and one of the things we've always said in the past is we want to make it so easy on our website for people to submit a, submit their information to us. And I think that's a great point, Molly. Like, adding some criteria. An additional one would be more of a drop down from a time frame of when are you, you know, are you actively in the market? And then a timeline of when are you looking to buy? Um, so at least you can sort those inquiries as needed as they come in and almost assign them a little bit different follow-up process. And again, what we're trying to do is lighten the load for the person or people who are handling that lead volume. Obviously, hurting the customer experience or helping the customer experience are all ancillary effects of doing these things, right? So leads too many, right? So we've got to become more efficient. Though We just discussed some of the ways that we can become more efficient. If efficiency, adding, adding additional criteria to your forms, and even maybe turning off some of the forms on like your homepage or things like that, so you're not getting like vendor requests or warranty requests through there um, aren't working, then that's when we start looking at dialing back ad spend on digital. So Facebook, Google, things like that, that are easy to turn back on um, when the time comes. All right. So those are some quick, just quick go-to things of, that you can be looking at and evaluating and, and do. All right. So the next category, we're going to try to move quickly because um, I have a call in 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> um, price increases. Um, we're getting them. We're getting hammered. Our margins are under attack, right? And they are coming left and right. I've seen people on Facebook saying, in our industry saying, if I get one more phone call about, you know, a price increase or uh, out of stock on this granite or faucet or whatever, like I'm going to lose my mind. We all know what's the big price increases that we're taking lumber. I mean, I've, we've seen it. I've seen reports as high as a hundred percent increase since like March, February, January. I mean, it's bananas. Um, cause all this trades trades on futures. Um, so how do we, we're going to hit a couple things here. How do we effectively offset some of this stuff? Um, and then the second part is, it's all about communication. I'm going to tackle how to offset some of this. Molly's going to tackle communication. So there's a couple things that we can do. Um, I've seen some builders ask questions about like, can we put something in our contract that says we can go up in price if we take a price increase and you're going to have to pay for the price increase, Mr. Buyer? I think that's a bad idea. Then that gives zero urgency of why sign a contract. Um, and then, so 
just I, I with a broad brush, I would say that's probably not a good idea. And it's going to kill any type of urgency. So how do we how do we protect ourselves? Well, I think we can. One of the things we have to be is really diligent about um, how we're going to structure our price increases. So one of the one of the easy ways is every certain number of sales. Let's just say for this purpose, every two sales, we're going to go up a thousand dollars in price. Because it's systematic, it's not gigantic overnight, and we're recouping our, you know, recouping what we're seeing. Maybe it's fifteen hundred, maybe it's two thousand, maybe it's twenty five hundred. I don't know what it is for you, um, but setting smaller increments every couple of sales across the company, not just maybe maybe it's by neighborhood, maybe it's across company. You have to look at that, but but you're also going to have to put something. You're going to have to communicate that. Um, in to your prospects that are coming in the door that you're talking to, because again, you're going to come back and hurt the customer experience. And I'm crossing over into Molly's lane. So Molly, what do you have for communication? So as I said earlier, I am literally in a cabin in the woods. Um, for our regular listeners, you guys know I was in the heart of Center City. I was really, it was overwhelming. Um, we are a perfect example of a family trying to get out of an urban environment. And so we got a second home literally in the woods and what we really, literally the day we got here, we wanted to order Adirondack chairs and of course, right. You want to sit outside and enjoy being outside. You're finally out of the city and all this stuff going on. So we order Adirondack chairs we got one email saying your chairs are going to be delayed and they will be there by such and such date. Nothing else. We still have never received them. There's been no follow-up email. There's been no call. Um, it's infuriating. And the vendor we ordered from, we are so mad at. So how do you or how do we alleviate that? Because the last thing we want is people to be mad at us. And it's happening across every single industry from yep. Adirondack chairs to any product and service. Every single industry has delays. This is a consequence of what is going on in the world. So what would have made that okay to me? Um, a phone call would have made it okay. Really transparent uh, communication such as, we have your order. Your order is important to us. There, There is um, a delay. We'll continue to keep in touch with you. A sense of empathy and just, you know, we under, we're frustrated too. We are, you know, we're experiencing the same thing. So I think, I think over communication is really important, but the tone of that communication is even more important. So and, I, and also, I just want to say, because we're, and it's okay, but we're, we're kind of crossing the price increases and delays part of it really touch each other. And right. And so communicating to your prospects, what's reality and why they need to buy now. Um, and it, it is a real sense of urgency and to, to communicate those, A, those price increases and B, upfront the delays that we're going, that we are going to see um, when, once we get into the actual build out. Yeah, I did merge them. I totally did. Um, I, I think okay. For me, like the delays and price increase totally go hand in hand. So, they do. so the communication is, is, I don't like to just say, 
we're sorry for the inconvenience. We're sorry for the delay. It's just not very personal. I think the more empathy you can have, the more um, direct contact you can have. Um, that's why it's so important that you don't get consumed with all these leads coming in so you, that you have the ability to communicate what is going on with your actual buyers that are in your process of buying. So, um, you know, to me, that is less email, phone call, um, keeping the tone, inform being informative um, in a in a friendly way that um, they get it. Your buyer, like I, I get that the Adirondack chairs are not here. I get that we are in a pandemic. Yeah. So it's not unreasonable that um, there's, you know, something going on there. It's just, I would have liked to have known. So I'm not sitting here waiting for the delivery truck. I had a very similar experience. We bought some outdoor patio furniture as well from Home Depot. And, you know, it's like, I think it was supposed to have been delivered. It was like four weeks and it was supposed to have been delivered on July the 7th. And it was July the 7th came. I hadn't received a single email about, hey, your item is shipped. Here's the tracking number. Here's, the, I mean, nothing. I had to reach out to them to, you know, and they were, I mean, it was, it was a mess, right? Like it's a 15 minute long conversation, but it was a mess. However, I was okay with the delay, fully expecting the delay. Just communicate that to me. Don't let me be the one to have to reach out to you to check on the status of my order. And I think for me, like for me at least, that is what my, my recommendation when it comes to handling delays. You communicate it, communicate it, communicate it. You may even want to add a temporary, uh, temporary line item in your purchase agreement that talks about delays at a spot where they actually have to initial. And, you know, that says we are trying to make sure we deliver this home on time, but there are things that are out. And we already have, most people already have some delay verbiage in a contract already, but I think making it pause spelling out a little bit more in detail, even putting a spot for initials to be on that clause of, on that particular clause of the contract. So you always have something to refer back to. All right, Mr. All right, all right, Molly, I just wanted to let you know, you know, things are moving along. And, and as when we talked about, when we initially did the agreement per section 12, there are extenuating circumstances during COVID with supply chain and there are some delays. And I just wanted you to know that, you know, the, the, the flooring that you ordered is back ordered, right? It's two additional weeks. We have a couple options. We have another option that you could come in and select and we could get that in right away, or we can obviously wait until you order. but need nonetheless getting out in front of that with your customer. Yeah. And I think, you know, historically in our industry, this kind of delay conversation is like a little more hidden. It's later on in the process. The fact is the consumer is an educated consumer and everyone knows there are delays and, and things going on in every single industry. So it's not like I'm saying, talk about it on the sales floor of like, you know, set your expectations low. We're not really delivering on right. time. Not before you go to contract. Right. Like that's, that's not what, what the solution is, but the solution is like a very human interaction of, you know, you are, 
you are their partner. And if anything, this is an opportunity to build trust by being that partner during this time. And, and I think that just being transparent about it and owning it, right? And not, don't make the customer feel like you're just trying to shift the blame. Like you just said, they're educated. They watch the news, they read articles, they understand. They're experiencing delays like you and I just talked about on our own personal stuff. Everybody's experiencing some delay and I think everyone expects some delay. But I think when you start to get into the customer experience, it's about the communication and being transparent and upfront. Getting out in front of it is what's going to make it all okay. Is there, I mean, is there anything else to add to delays other than communicating and expectation setting from the very beginning and tackling it along the way? Yeah, the only other thing I would add is just potentially like, additional choices, um, making sure like, especially if products, like if a backsplash is no longer going to be available, things like that. Um, you want to make sure that what you're putting in front of people is going to be available or even get a second choice or just, you know, really talk about it. Um, of course, be in touch with your, with your vendors, because there's nothing worse than picking out your, your dream kitchen. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's not available. That is like a total buzzkill right there. So how do we have, you know, products that are similar that are an additional option so that we have them ready to go in our back pocket? I think this is also an opportunity. So I'm going to quickly lead into this. I'm a firm believer that you you need to be reaching post-contract. You need to be reaching out to everybody in your backlog once a week, giving them updates along the way. Now, with we just talked about leads, too many leads. That also probably means too many too many sales. Um, This is an opportunity if you don't have someone like this already to create like a brand ambassador for your company, an ambassador of customer experience or people that are going to take that workload off of the sales team. Because the sales team is typically the ones making those calls along the way. But if you need to pull that off the the, the plate of your sales team, having some people that are dedicated to that communication and customer experience now is absolutely the time to branch out and test some stuff like that. I love that. I love that idea. I think that's always a good idea. Um, And yeah, my big concern is that we don't want, we don't want you to hurt your reputation for down the road. So, you know, customer experience, just because you're busy, that does not get thrown to the side. That is just as important as always. That is going to be what, you know, two years from now is, you know, going to determine how you're doing down the road. So don't take this time for granted. Um, don't, you know, don't just get lazy with lead management. It's it's extremely important that, that we're setting ourselves up for future success. Your buyers are already walking in concerned. They're concerned about the delays. They're also concerned about quality because they know that everyone's super busy and we're selling, you're selling more houses. It's just, it's, it's crazy town. And so having someone that's going to help assure them 
and through communication that things are being done the right way. Um, you know, that can, that can, this is a time to elevate your brand for a long time out, right? This is where brand marketing can really come into play um, and really give you some long-term either positive or negative effects that can last the next three to five years. All right. Anything else to add to that, Maul? No, I think these are the three hot topics right now. We'll probably continue to talk about these because this is what's on everyone's mind. If anyone has, um, you know, things that you're doing that you think are particularly successful, please reach out and share them with us. We would um, love to share. And um, that's it. It's, you know, we'll, we'll continue to update everyone. That's right. Awesome, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Building Perspective. And uh, we hope you have a great week. And we'll chat with you next time. Bye. Bye.